It is indeed good news that God the Father sent Jesus to die for our sins. Who will receive this news? Who will be brought to new life by this calling? No doubt it is for our friends and colleagues. It is for the unreached across the oceans. What is more, it is for our parents and the elderly among us. I think the amazing thing is that age and culture is not really a gap. I've seen elderly who, who came to know the Lord in their 80s and uh, equally within the years that on their conversion they, they've shown themselves to, to love God deeply to love God's word deeply This is Jackson who serves in the Mandarin ministry at ARPC It is not going to be an age it's not going to be a language it's not going to be a perspective that's going to stop people from believing in God the elderly Chinese in Singapore are coming to believe in God. Today we will hear from one Singaporean who discovered that God would use him to point others to Jesus. This is the second installment featuring the ARPC Mandarin ministry. Last time in episode 8 we heard from Juliana. Today Jackson shares his perspective. The light of Jesus is shining from many nations. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let us hear how he is shining from Asia. Hi, Jackson. Uh, we are very happy to talk to you today. Afternoon, Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so to start us off, could you just share a bit more about yourself? Perhaps maybe how long you've been a Christian and the things God has placed upon your heart to serve Him in. So essentially, I came to ARVC in 1998. I was a Christian before that and I was converted through one of these Christian conferences that was going on. And my friend had brought me to the conference. And although I've been in a Christian environment for most of my youth days, mm -hmm. um, it was through the Christian environment uh, conference that I actually decided that I'm going to commit myself to God and accept salvation by Jesus dying on the cross. Thereafter, I actually went to other churches and finally settled in uh, ARPC in 1998. In the first few years, I was actually in what then used to be PUNCH. PUNCH stands for Poly University National Service and Junior College. It has uh, then since morphed into what we call Basic uh, Brothers and Sisters in Christ, which is the youth ministry that's in ARPC. You were serving in PUNCH or you were one of the youth in PUNCH? Uh, I was both one of the youths. And at some point in time, I did help to lead some of the Bible studies. Yeah, that was the early years when I was in ARPC. Right, okay. Thanks for sharing. Anything else you'd like to share about yourself as to the passions you think God has placed upon your heart? So vocationally, I'm actually a doctor. I'm trained as an emergency physician and I've worked in several different uh, public hospitals at the moment. I've also been on quite a number of uh, short-term uh, cross-cultural medical missions, which include countries such as uh, China, Philippines, Indonesia, as well as in Mongolia. So I really loved working in some of these countries and ministering to the sick people there. Mm. So it sounds like you have traveled to quite a few countries as well as uh, working with different people in Singapore. Yes, right? it's been quite a great Christian journey so far. I think God has been great actually showing what His Word is about as well as uh, what He's actually doing in this world. 
Amongst all the various things you've been involved in, we're wondering whether you could share with us. Uh, we know you're involved in the Mandarin Ministry, in LRPC. Could you perhaps share as to how you got involved in the Mandarin Ministry? When I was in Punch, actually, the story starts quite long. 1998. Yeah, so uh, in those days, actually, Bunyong was my DG leader at that point in time. So I knew Pastor Bunyong for quite a bit of time. After that, the punch leadership got transferred down to several other pastors. And I have also moved on from punch into a more young adult uh, discipleship group. And I'm thankful that my discipleship group grew and we had quite a number of leaders actually within the discipleship group. In fact, we had about four leaders at one point of time. And Bunyo moved to uh, lead the menu ministry and so set up the ministry. But uh, he was uh, he's also uh, gone to decide to uh, move on in his own walk with God to other countries. And uh, at that point of time, there was uh, going to be a transition from of leadership from uh, Pastor Bunyong to Pastor Yak Chow. And uh, at that point of time, they were calling for people to come in to help anchor the ministry during the transition period. And since in my DG, we were quite well off with four DG leaders, I decided that it was time to step off my comfort zone and explore something different. And I thought, why not make regular DG something cross-cultural in that sense and to explore uh, Mandarin ministry while I was somewhat afraid that I may not be able to adapt and there may be some language barriers. I'm thankful that because I've been raised in a Mandarin-speaking family, I was comfortable with the language and of course the jargon could be different, but I was willing to give it a shot and see how it worked out. So that's how I crossed over from the English congregation into the Mandarin ministry. Right. Yeah, that's really a good example of how you're recognizing that you have excess of DG leaders and they're willing to cross over and step out of your comfort zone. So in terms of Mandarin ministry, how is it like you said, you mentioned that uh, you really have a background in Mandarin and then you mentioned that you might have to learn a bit of the jargon. So when you first started out, what kind of things were you and other co-workers doing in this ministry? At that point in time, they really lacked uh, Bible study leaders to help lead the groups. We were expanding in the ministry and there were many more folks that were coming in, but the Bible study group was getting larger and larger. So we had to split some of the groups up. And therein lies the need for new Bible study leaders to come on board to help with the DGs within Mandarin ministry. So when I came in, and since I was already serving as a DG leader in the young adult DG group, so it became natural for me to take up Bible study within the Mandarin ministry as well. Mm. So how are the Bible studies done currently? So you, you're still helping with Bible studies at the moment. You want to share a bit about how the Bible studies are done by you and others? I think what's great in the ARPC is we have a very strong curriculum developed by our pastoral team. Mm. And this curriculum is distributed to all the ministries and that whether you are in basic, whether you're in the Mandarin ministry and whether you're in the English, uh, main English congregation, we share the same materials and the same ideas and direction with regards to the Bible studies. So uh, most of the studies are already translated from the English ministry. So we do just do a kind of a translated version as we teach. So the materials are not much more different. Mm. Of course, what's different is you have to deal with the jargon. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to pray in Mandarin as well. And the cultural mindsets of the people are quite different from what you might face in the English congregation. 
How do you find the cultural mindset is different? Well, the composition of uh, believers within the Mandarin ministry is mainly the elderly folk. I would guess that our median age is uh, between 60s to 70s. And these are what, in Singaporean terms, pioneer generation, uh, mm. quite a number of them, uh, or people who have helped in nation building. And they hold very traditional beliefs. Of course, in terms of education, it's not as wide and as broad as what we are what we've learned in schools these days. Uh, and their mindset is, well, I would say uh, traditional Chinese Confucianism in some respects. Filial piety is probably like one of the main themes that would be important to them. And ancestral worship would be still in their minds, even for some of them who have come to receive Christ, because it takes time for them to uh, have a change of mindset as well. Uh, so you do have this kind of a generation gap. In between, uh, they're living their last few decades of their life. Mm. So they have more health concerns in their life and they have disabilities which affect them to read the Bible or to learn about the Bible. And generally, understanding of the Bible is really quite a big task or big obstacle for them, both psychologically as well as mentally. Right. So, so you mentioned earlier that in a sense it was cross, crossing a culture and then you just talk about how you think there are some cultural differences. Would, would you like to say more how you, you and your co-workers have, have tried to tackle these differences and, or were there any challenges as you tried to tackle those differences? So I remember the first few sessions when I started leading Bible studies. Mm. It was quite interesting because we were quite new to these folks and we were a lot younger than them. So it was actually quite difficult for them to accept that uh, something, somebody younger is teaching you about the Bible mm. and that with their lots of uh, life experience, to be able to listen and absorb what a young person might actually say is somewhat difficult. They would also be judging you on a lot of things like your appearance, mm. your hair is combed, how, what's your prayer posture, are you wearing collared shirts when you come to teach in Bible studies? And they cared about uh, how you dress and how you presented yourself. And these were important to them. So the, the use of correct terms, correct words, and whether you put effort into their world in understanding what they think is important in their lives, their values, their value systems and their beliefs is, is somewhat important to them. And I think it took a lot of time yeah. uh, and understanding to even try to find out what they were sometimes unhappy or upset about or what they felt was different mm. and to be able to address all these small differences and then work it out with them on how to move forward, how we can actually improve. So mm. yeah, so we, we have to do even very basic things like how we dressed. How do you dress? They, they really frowned upon. Like I think when I was in the youth ministry, we would be on berms and shorts and maybe jeans. And I think jeans is still reasonably acceptable, but you, you need to be at least like in some form of longs. More formal. Trousers. Yeah, some more formal trousers. Mm. It became somewhat more appropriate to wear something with collars and not just plain t-shirts. And just looking presentable is 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 important. And even just uh, praying and to be, to pray with a certain level of seriousness and demeanor is is important to them. Mm. Uh, of course, we are we are taught in that we can pray in regardless whatever posture, as long as it is 
of some level of worship to God. But I think to them, these things matter. Being proper about the way we handle the Bible and how we pray uh, and how we worship actually as well mm-hmm. are all important details that to gain some level of rapport and maybe mutual respect uh, in that sense is important to them. All these things actually takes time uh, working out. So it seems like you really had to look to God to try to understand how they think. Yes, that is right. I, I think because uh, culturally, I think they they do take uh, coming to church as something serious. Uh, so some level of sanctity, regardless of whatever you do, is I think important to convey that level of holiness that they accord to the religion and the faith itself. Right. Would you have any stories to share with us in terms of how you're seeing God working and the people you're serving in the Mandarin ministry? Most of the elderly actually has been brought by their children to church Mm. and quite a number of them are actually attending ARPC as well. So what I've actually realized that is that although they've come to church, a lot of them really take quite a bit of time to come to know God and to be able to come to accept their faith what is amazing is that people at 70s and 80s, I think we might think that because of the generation gap, because of the cultural gaps, because of the language, it's very hard for them to come to a full understanding of God and to be able to put away what they used to believe in, which, think, which includes things like ancestral worship. But I think the amazing thing is that age and culture is not really a gap. I've seen elderly who came to know the Lord in their 80s and uh, equally within the years that on their conversion, they, they've shown themselves to, to love God deeply, to love God's Word deeply and all the efforts that they make in uh, trying to learn about God more and more. I know of an uncle, he was like almost blind in his eyes and he couldn't read the Bible. So he had to carry this big magnifying glass to actually read and see the characters and to actually facilitate him reading the Bible. Sometimes we had to print the words in large fonts so that he'd be able to actually read the words and follow through during the worship sessions. But I think throughout his life, he demonstrated that he was able to have the same level of faith, conviction and devotion to, to God's word as much as we do. I think what's great also people who have received the word and has changed lives. They could have gone through big uh, difficulties in their life where everything just seemed miserable and they've been bearing with many illnesses through, through their past decades. People during the last decades, they face a lot of psychological challenges. Their friends and their family members leaving them in many ways, in many different respects. And for them to walk through this road and finally to decide that they can see that there is still a God who cares about them is not always easy for some of these folks. That they lived through their life knowing that there's no God in their lives and you know, coming to their, their last decade and saying that, is there truly God? There are people who have come and have shared their lives to show how it has changed how, what they believe in and how they have come to know God's word and how they've come to know that they can actually love people around them. It's almost like a discovery for them mm. at that point of their lives. I have problems with my own parents. 
I know. I, I find my dad very difficult to talk to. And he's not a Christian at this point in time. I have sometimes and quite often given up that I will ever be able to reach out to him. But I think the testimonies that I see in Mandarin ministry is encouraging enough to know that God is working his purposes out in people. It is not going to be an age. It's not going to be a language. It's not going to be a perspective that's going to stop people from believing in God. Yeah, so it's encouraging that God's power transcends the barriers of age, cultural differences. Yeah, I'm thinking also about my... My grandparents also, it took a while for them to accept Christ. But I do remember my grandma, very steep in idol worship. Uh, she became a Christian. She threw away her idols. But it still took some while for her to really grow. But it's amazing how God really works with us, regardless of our status, our age, wherever we are. Right. So, so you mentioned some of the challenges that they might face, including going through the last years of their lives, coping with illnesses, struggling to affirm that God is still good despite the struggles. Are there any other challenges that you have observed as you serve in this ministry? The challenges is that we don't have really a lot of manpower serving this uh, ministry. Mm. We do need more people to come on board. I mean, simple things like you can do is even come to share your testimonies. If you have done some work, we do welcome people coming through. If you can even speak in Mandarin, that'll be great. Even just trying. I do know that the folks express a lot of welcome. We have like still pastors from the English congregation coming over just to preach. It is encouraging to them. If you can't speak Mandarin, are, you, are they still welcome to share? Yeah, of course. We have uh, translators. We have translators. So please do come. We do need... Bible study leaders to come in and we need people to help out with things like event management. It's been great to have some of our past uh, events to be organized by some of the DGs within the English ministry and for them to actually cross over and reach out to this elderly is amazing. What kind of things have they done to help you, the, the DGs for events? We don't need any specific skills. So they've helped out with Anything from basically organizing the event itself, coordinating the time, the schedules, organizing meals for this elderly, facilitating transport for them to get to the events. So mm. see, these are some of the event management things that we need to cover. But even as simple as inviting people to come on board is great. I've known that uh, ARPC has been organizing, ARPC care has events within, for example, Bishan community. Mm. Even getting in touch with these people that you might have come into contact through these large-scale church events and then inviting them to come to these events and accompanying them is actually a way that you can actually help uh, push some of these events through. Inviting people you meet, just bring them along yeah. for events and yes. as well as a church, yes. major ministry church. You mentioned also manpower, so manpower for Bible study. But I imagine because a lot of them are, you said, elderly, you need lots of manpower, say, if you bring them out or say you bring them to church camp. Yes. So, for example, if you bring a church camp, what kind of needs do they have that you, you need lots of manpower to cater to? On occasions like for church camp, we do bring them out to have walks or for meals. And if you are able, feel free to drop by and actually come around to accompany them to actually get to from point A to point B because some of them will have disabilities with walking. So we're always concerned about some of their safety as they go out for all these walks. We also welcome people to come in for 
I think last year's event was uh, icebreakers uh, to come in to to play with the elderly and engage with them in activity. So there are very simple things like that that you don't need. Uh, you don't always need to really speak in Mandarin to be able to do this. It's a bonus. But mm, uh, I remember mm. last year's uh, icebreakers, we had people coming around to help the elderly engage in play and interaction, which is good for them. What kind of things were they playing? So, I mean, it would be simple games, like just throwing balls through hoops, uh-huh. like bingo, and getting them to go around and knowing each other's names or what their interests and filling out forms during these icebreakers. For some of us, we remember that, you know, when we were kids, we used to go to the arcades. We yes. used, to, used to go carnivals. Some of these uh, carnival games that we used to play where people can select numbers, throw darts, play with balloons. And yeah, so these are very simple games that some of the elderly engage in during the church camp to allow them to interact with each other and also to know each other. So these are simple things that we would welcome help with during these events as well. Right. I'm just wondering with your medical training, and you, you notice some of them have medical problems. You also mentioned some as you grow older, you have psychological problems. So how, you, how do you all try to support them as they face? Like imagine maybe someone, you get dementia. Do you all work with other people in the church to, to assist them? Or it becomes difficult that Bible study, you know? So I think at this point in time, we, do not have, we don't have a committee of people mm. um, within the ministry to actually cope with all these issues. I'm thankful that certain individuals have helped out in many ways to help cope with them, but we don't have somebody who is catered. So far, it's just one committee doing everything. <laughs> in, in, which explains the, the need for more yeah, help. We do appreciate people if they could come in. There are things like in day-to-day, with the weekdays itself, where people would be admitted to the hospitals. Yeah. And, you know, it would be great even we have a visitation ministry where we could send people down regularly to actually see them in the hospitals. I must say that uh, a few of us, primarily Pastor Yap Chow. He himself mm. is the main person who has been going down to the hospitals to visit uh, these elderly folks when they are admitted to the hospital. So these things are important. There are mm. also elderly folks who may not be able to come to church every week yeah. uh, and they might be facing some level of social isolation in their own homes. So it'd be great to, on occasions, be able to visit them at their own homes. So there are all these things that need time and manpower and... Uh, uh, perhaps a little bit of help sometimes might go a long way. We need one committee of people to help with every aspect of uh, Mandarin ministry at this point in time. So we do w- welcome young people who are willing to serve within this ministry to come on board. Yeah, it sounds like there are so many needs, right? Yes, Just for uh, this ministry. Maybe even more needs than people who are younger and able-bodied. Right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. How about you yourself? How do you find that? Have you grown or learned from the Lord to interacting with the older people, older Christians in this ministry? The greatest thing that I've experienced in Mandarin ministry is I think there's a great level of encouragement to see this elderly come even every week to church. Mm. I mean, a lot of us in English congregation take for granted that we just come for service. Mm. There are people in the Mandarin ministry who have problems coming to church for many variety of reasons, but they come and they try to come. And over the years, it's great to see that they've been faithful. That has been a great encouragement for me. 
the lessons that I learned, I think I've, I spoke about quite a few of them uh, across this interview. I feel that at the end of the day, God is in control of our lives. He's sovereign and his word has not failed people. If we look at the sum of the things that's going on in Mandarin ministry, God is definitely sovereign in that area. I've also learned that uh, it takes a lot of humility to serve in this ministry. A lot of things that we would think is the right and proper way in our own trainings. And we may have certain perspectives that we think is more superior from, again, our own education. Mm. When we come to the ministry, we, we are asked to actually lay down some of these ideas and perspectives and to see actually what some of these elderly are thinking in their lives and what matters to them. And I think it takes a lot of humility to put down yourself and to serve. Last point is patience and persistence, mm. perseverance. In the ministry, it's not going to be like one week, one session, and then you feel that you can reach out to these elderly folks. It takes time. There are people within the congregation that, you know, when we first try to communicate, it's hard and it's difficult. And there's, I won't say distrust, but the generation gap kind of prevents us from effectively communicating. It can take easily four or five years before you're able to just be able to sit down and have a conversation with them about serious things and that they will be maybe amenable to accepting some of your views and thoughts. You really need to decide that you've got to persevere this work for yeah. some of these folks. There are also a lot of folks who can be very chatty and they can have a lot of talk and have a lot of dialogues with you. But to be able to reach out to them with what God is trying to teach through the Bible, it also takes patience to be able to change their minds about what they know about God and to put aside their cultural mindsets about a lot of things that they have learned through their lives. You mentioned earlier that initially you found that some could not accept that you, a younger person, was conducting Bible studies. How is that now? I spent quite a bit of time in this ministry and I would say even being able to teach in a certain sense that they accept what you say just happened over the past couple of years. Well, and that they were willing to actually open up and they were willing to ask questions in a discussive manner. Mm. That took quite a bit of time. So that's why I would say that one of the biggest things I've learned is being patient with this. And mm. you've just got to come on and being humble to learn from them as well, from what they have experienced in their lives and what they thought about God and being able to bridge that gap with much prayer mm. and much love. I think one of the aspects about being a DG leader in this ministry is I think you need to love your sheep. Yes. Yeah. If you're unable to decide that you want to love them, it may be difficult. But with time... I think God shows love to me as well as that we can learn to love each other within the discipleship groups. So I'm glad that the discipleship group has actually grown and that we've come to a greater understanding of each other. That's great. And that we are able to communicate during these sessions. So you mean prior to the last few years, you would face difficulties, you may be challenged or they wouldn't accept what you share? <laughs> They would have their own views right, right. on reading the Bible. Uh -huh. And some of them could be very strong views about a certain topic, about a certain idea. Okay. 
there'll be occasions because in terms of the way we read the Bible and there'll be different perspectives. For example, some of them will be quite studious and they will, they will read the commentaries. Chinese commentaries. Yeah, Chinese commentaries. And they will come in with their own views from the commentaries, which may not be wrong, but which may not be what the pa- passage might be uh, trying to focus on or what we what the topic that they would be focused on. Mm. So there would be different views on what the Word of God is actually talking about. And of course, within the crowd, if there are people who are a little bit more strong, yeah. strong in their opinions, and the people who are not so strong in their opinions, it, sometimes you've got to balance these. Quite a variety yeah, of, a variety of personalities. Uh, personalities. And because they are at different learning curves and mm. different parts of different stages of their Christian growth, it was important to understand all these aspects and trying to balance where everybody's coming from and being able to reach out back to them in the Mandarin language, in the right jargon, in the right tone, in the in right attitude, way. and in the right disposition. It does take that level of time to be able to be able to reach out to each and everybody within the group and to be able to move the Bible studies in a discursive fashion. It's been a great journey, actually, I must say. Besides what you have shared with us, is there anything else that we can pray for you as well as the Mandarin ministry? We, we do appreciate help coming. If you are competent in Mandarin, it would be great for you to come on board and join us in the leadership group teaching Bible studies. We still welcome worship leaders to come on board as well. We do have a growing music ministry within the group as well. Mm. The elderly really love singing. Mm. It's really great if you can come on board to help with this growing music ministry that is up and coming. I feel a personal need for a ministry to help with some of the physical needs uh, of the elderly. So I think over the years, I've been talking with people. We welcome people who, if you're in a allied health professional, if you feel that you would like to come and serve some of these elderly with some of their health concerns, or to even be able to be around to help with transport, to bring some of these elderly to church, that will be great as well. Because I know Yak Chow sometimes has been the one also, the main person bringing people to church and ferrying some of these elderly to come to church even every Sunday. Mm. We do welcome young people to come and uh-huh. to maybe just add some level of vibrance to the community, even young families to come in. Yeah, feel free to come join us in all these aspects. You mentioned that what you learn is also how to understand those who are older from us, see things from their perspective. Do you think that some of these things, you know, those of us who are younger, we could apply in our daily lives? Because actually God's family is part of made out of different ages and then even our daily life really we have to communicate with our family our parents our grandparents and so so do you think there are practical ways in which we can really learn to show love and understand other people's perspectives where we are say at home or in our environment I think with time as you are in the ministry you do develop some level of skills I think mm. your language skills will definitely improve mm. if you have people within the family the elderly who are so Christian, it is great that you can maybe engage in a biblical conversation with them, mm. being more fluent in the language itself, and actually discuss some of the things that you've learned in, in church with them. So I think being in that environment kind of forces you to use the language. When we meet our own parents, we can only talk about a certain 
genre or certain subject or topic. But you will also realize that when you speak to a lot of other elderly who are not your parents, Mm -hmm. somehow that gap or that obstacle is kind of removed, like a veil has been lifted and you know, you are able to talk to somebody else's parents very mm. easily. Mm. Indirectly, where some children cannot reach to their own parents, other children can reach to other parents. And in some ways, you also get to know about the topics, their concerns and their viewpoints, uh, which they are willing to share to you. So you, you may not see something about your parent, but somebody will say, actually, your parents so-and-so, because they associate with your parent. You get to understand their perspectives in an indirect sense and uh, concerns or their ideas that's in their minds. So it does open you up to some of the world that the elderly in their own framework or mindset is thinking about. So you should get more people to befriend your parents and to understand them. I think it's interesting because I have people who find it hard to relate to their parents. Yeah. And I have people who actually, being in this ministry, then you actually come, hey, how's my dad doing in church? And being able to tell them that your dad's actually growing in the word. He's really learning, you know, he's anxious for the word. And when you tell that to them, they say, you know, I don't see this at home. It's awesome that you're actually telling me that, you know, he's growing in church and he has thoughts that I don't even think that he'll be even interested in. So I think when you come, you just see a different aspect of your parents. You see see people growing in the Lord, which is something that if you don't come to the ministry, you won't see. Encouraging to see. It's a community at work. Yeah, it's a community at work. So I think God is great to show us that we actually function even better as a church, as a community. Yeah. And that the church is not you know, restricted to just one ministry, one group of people, one group of race, gender, age. But when we do something that's not just cross-cultural, but just across our comfort zones, yes. it's a different world out there. Yes, so actually if you broaden those lessons, uh, besides age, people are different from us in church, right? So whether we also reach out to them and try to understand their perspectives, right? As as a broader perspective. Yeah, God doesn't work in just, for example, in the ERPC English congregation, you know. (laughs) He's also working in the Mandarin. He's also working in the children's church. And he's also working in churches and parachurch groups outside ERPC as well. That's right. Thank you for listening to Light from Asia, a podcast by ARPC. Jesus calls us to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that he commanded. Is God calling you to take the next step?